0: I want to be really upfront with you. Uh, My explicit aim for the next 10 to 12 minutes is to persuade you to come back next week. Okay, I'm just going to be upfront. But more than that, I want to persuade you to come back every Thursday, lunchtime. Uh, Maybe you might say that's an impossible uh, request. uh, You know, work is busy. There are deadlines. There are meetings. Lunch breaks are really tight. Or maybe for your company, lunch breaks are not a thing at all. But also, uh, you can imagine those strange looks when you go back to the office and they ask you where to go for lunch, and you tell them a Bible talk. And maybe it's a really impossible task, uh, because next week, unfortunately, you have to pay for your own lunch and for your own coffee. And so here's the question. What will persuade you to come back next week? What will persuade you to block Thursday lunchtime out of your diary to make it a regular thing? Well, I hope there are many reasons, uh, there are nice people that you meet around your table, and I hope that you find the food and coffee uh, quite all right, and you find it a bit of a reprieve from work. But more than that, I hope that the biggest reason that will persuade you is that each Thursday lunchtime, it is an opportunity to come and meet God in the middle of your working week to come and know him. You see, when the news broke on Thursday evening, uh, I was actually driving to Heathrow Airport to pick up my sister and my brother-in-law. And when I heard the news, there was a real sense of deep sadness um, as I was hearing the news. And I remember going to the arrival hall and I was having the BBC playing on my ear. And out of my corner, I saw this lady there sitting there doing the same thing as I was, with her phone in her ear, listening to the news with a really somber expression on her face. And I couldn't shake the feeling of deep sadness sharing the news about the Queen. Uh, Why? Well, it seems that the Queen, well, she was a remarkable individual, with real sense of service and duty. And so what would you have given to meet the Queen? What would you have given to get to know her? For many, they would give a lot. At this moment, I think the queue is at Tower Bridge, probably. And so for them, they would give time Graving the elements to walk past her coffin. Many would give a lot to meet the queen. But here's the question. What would you give to meet with God? What will it cost you to meet the creator of the universe? And here's the great shock in our passage today. I go to Isaiah chapter 55, page 615. Because in our passage today, we will find out that you can come and meet God with no money. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1, page 615. Reading from verse 1. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come. Buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. But the emphasis in those verses—they are self-evident. It's a call to to come four times. Come, everyone. Come to the waters. Come buy wine and milk. Come buy and eat. But you notice it's also a come—a call to come without money, with no money. Verse one. He who has no money, come, buy, and eat. It's a metaphor of the marketplace, but it's a call to come and meet God. Have a think. It's an astounding call. Imagine the guys who run the coffee shop, they go to the streets and say, come, buy coffee with no money. You imagine the, the hordes in Covenant Garden, uh, the tourists descending down into the coffee shop like vouchers. It is an astounding call. And for many, uh, maybe yourself, uh, you would give a lot to meet the Queen. But here is the cost to meet God. Cost is no money. Verse 1 again. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Well, I wonder whether that's a surprise to you. Uh, often, I, I think that people think of religion or think of God as an implicit transaction. Uh, you give to receive, uh, you pay to get. It's a two-way exchange. In one hand, you give time or money. In the other hand, you receive, hopefully, more money, uh, more your aspirations and your dreams. God can call him as a divine cashier. On uh, one hand, you give him something, your money or yourself. On the other hand, you receive something in return. Hopefully, it's a worthwhile transaction. But here in our passage, the transaction is explicitly one way. You receive with one hand, and in the other hand, it is no money. It is an unbelievable offer. Well, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It is a gift. So come with no money. And so that raises the question, uh, why would you go elsewhere? Look to verse two. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Again, we are still in the metaphor, but we understand what our author is saying. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? You see, we spend to receive things that don't ultimately satisfy. The stuff we purchase, the material possessions, they are great for a start, no doubt. But we know that through experience, that sense of satisfaction, they don't ultimately last. But also in verse 2b, why do you labor for that which does not satisfy? You know, we, we labor for that ideal job, that role, that promotion that aspiration or that dream. And when, you, when we get it, uh, we're sacrificing sleep, social life, relationships, spiritual life. Uh, no doubt you feel that sense of achievement when you obtain it. But we also know that through experience, the sense of achievement, it doesn't last. So why? Why would you go elsewhere? Verse 2 again. Why do you spend your money? For that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. Delight yourself in rich food. Why should you come? Because there is rich food available, and not just good soup and coffee, but an opportunity to meet with God each Thursday lunchtime. Come with no money. But maybe we might actually say that the language to meet with God is too weak a word. Because what happens each Thursday is more than meeting with God. Because when you do come and listen, it's an opportunity to not just meet him, but to know him and to be known by him. And so secondly, come to know God and be known by him. Look at verse 3. Incline your ear and come to me, here that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast sure love for David. The phrase to focus on is the phrase everlasting covenant. A covenant is not an everyday word, but maybe the best way to understand it is in the form of a marriage covenant. It's a relationship between the husband and wife bound With a covenant. And if you like, covenant, it's synonymous for relationship. But here in our text today, the relationship is not between husband and wife, but between God and you, his people. A secure relationship, knowing God and being known by him. It is an everlasting covenant, a relationship that lasts. And so that's what you gain. You come each week, not just to meet God but to know him. And not just to know him, but to be known by him. And he will guarantee that relationship I will make with you an everlasting covenant. So what's going to persuade you to come back? Well, you can come with no money and you can come and be known by God. So this is what you can expect each Thursday lunchtime at the food and coffee Will be great. Uh, it'll be a good chance to get to know the people around your table. But most of all, it will be a chance to listen to what God is saying. And as you come with no money and listen, something extraordinary is on offer. It's an opportunity to come and know the creator of the universe. So come, just come. Maybe uh, you're here today and you're a bit skeptical about the existence of God. Can you really know him? I want to say there's no doubt in each one of us that there's a sense of something greater in this life. There's a deep sense of more. So let me encourage you to come and see. Come and see, and you will find out. Maybe you're thinking that you are a bit messy inside. Uh, You're saying that, well, if you really knew what was inside, why would God want to know me? The thing you need to realize is that the first time these words were spoken was to the people of Israel, a people who were really, really messy. Uh, They had really mucked up. They cheated on God, they ignored Him, and had blatant disregard for Him, uh, far worse than you could ever be. And so the call for them to come was true for them, but it's also true for us today. So come, just come. Do you know, as uh, Over the past week, I was reflecting why I felt that great sadness about the Queen. The funny thing is, I'm Singaporean, and there's sort of loose connections with the British monarch. And I've never met her in person before. But yet, there's a real deep sense of sadness, uh, perhaps that surprised me a little. And why was that so? Well, on reflection, I think beyond her sense of duty and service uh, as a monarch was her as a person. Uh, that she was clearly someone who knew God and was known by Him. And she exemplified that with her life. A quote from 2000, her Christmas speech, For me, the teaching of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework which I try to lead my life. I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and example. You see her late majesty the queen, uh, she came and listened, and she knew God and was known by him. And what did she find? She found comfort. See what was true for her can be true for you too. Next week we start our series in Isaiah. You've got the flyers on your table, and we'll be running the series from chapters 40 to 48. Uh, can I encourage you to flip to Isaiah 40 to give you a preview of what you'll see? Page five nine nine. And as you come to God with no money, what do you find? Isaiah chapter forty, verse one. Comfort, comfort comfort, my people, says your God. There is comfort as you come to God. They are timely words for a nation mourning words that the Queen is currently experiencing, words that you can personally experience. Comfort, comfort my people. So do come back next week. Come with no money. uh, to pay for lunch and coffee next week. Come to know God and be known by Him. And so the question I have for you as you leave is will you come? Why don't I pray for all time?